everyone, Sarah Brown Wessling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. And I am so excited to announce the third season of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. CCSSO's National Teacher of the Year program provides a platform for exceptional educators to elevate issues that affect teachers and their students, to expand their leadership roles, and to inform policy and practice. In this season of the podcast, 2022 State Teachers of the Year will teach us about the lessons their students keep talking about. Maybe it's the one that they come back to years later and tell the teachers about. Or maybe it's the one their most recent students have asked for over and over again. This season, we are honored to have two past State Teachers of the Year conducting the interviews themselves. You'll hear Stacy McAdoo, 2019 Arkansas State Teacher of the Year, John Arthur, 2021 State Teacher of the Year, and me in conversation with our teachers throughout this season. I invite you to listen to these incredible stories. Hey everyone, Sarah Brown Wessling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. And I am so excited because this season we are so honored to have two of our previous State Teachers of the Year conducting interviews. And this particular episode is going to feature our interviewers um, and help all of us think about how to walk into this season. So it is my pleasure to introduce John Arthur and Stacy McAdoo. John and Stacy, do you want to say hello and give the quick introduction of yourselves? Greetings, everyone. I am Stacy McAdoo, your forever 2019 Arkansas Teacher of the Year. <laughs> and I am John Arthur, the 2021 Utah Teacher of the Year. And my professional goal is to be half as cool as Stacy and Sarah. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's all kinds of all kinds of love here. All kinds of love here. Um, so, just for the listeners, just so that they know, um, the actually all three of us have been doing interviews um, of the 2022 State Teachers of the Year, and we are coming together to share some of our thoughts and reflections, so that as folks, you know, listen to these conversations, they can do that kind of walking through this doorway that we're going to create for them right now. So I wanted to actually start, though, by asking each of you the same question you have been asking the um, the the state teachers of the year. So what lesson have you taught that your students keep talking about or um, keep asking for? Well, I'll go ahead and get us started. And it's funny that you asked this question because I had a, a couple of students just talk to me about this uh, a week ago. I am uh, known for creating content with my students. They make music videos, podcasts, other things. And several years ago, my students created a music video that we posted online. And it had to do with immigration and specifically the detainment of children and their families under a bridge in El Paso. Some of you may remember that from the news. And when my students shared their perspective on that and how they think that uh, immigrants should be greeted as they, as they come to seek asylum in our country, someone went online and said truly awful, 
horrible things about my children in my classroom. And this happened at like five o'clock in the evening. So I was cooking dinner, hanging out with my family. And I got this text message from one of my students. And my students, my student didn't say, did you see what this guy said about us? My student said, Hey, did you see what, and I won't share her name, but one of my young ladies, do you see what she said about that guy online? I was like, Oh no, (laughs) what? And so I I immediately turn off the heat on the, the stove and I run to the computer and my student had popped off. She was just lighting this guy up online. And, uh, and I realized, okay, I got some teaching to do. Let's, let's go. So the next day I came into class and I, I just kind of in an impromptu way designed a lesson about how to appropriately and inappropriately respond when people are saying negative things to you. It was something that was useful when it came to uh, receiving feedback on language arts or whatever it is, but it was also incredibly applicable just to life. And my students continue to need this lesson each year, especially with Snapchat and every, every other platform that's out there where they can have somebody throwing shade at them. And the lesson's very simple. You could do this right now. You just take a piece of paper, you, you draw a line down the middle, you write appropriate at the top of one side and inappropriate at the top of the other. And I, I put up five comments that students had received over the years from, from folks online, trolls. And, and I let my students respond appropriately and inappropriately to it. And the inappropriate side, only I would read but I promised them I would read them all. So my students got to write exactly what they wish they could say and type online and everything else. And they knew that their teacher was going to take the time to read it. And it was hilarious. I, I can't repeat any of it here on the podcast, but <laughs> the appropriate side, they, they, they cut the paper along that line and they kept the appropriate side and they, they use that as a framework for deciding what does and does not make a good response, a respectful response, a productive response when people are being awful to you. And my students use this lesson in life more than anything else I teach, math, science, doesn't matter. This is the number one most applicable thing that we do in the classroom that they continue to use all summer and all all summer long and the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know, there's so much wisdom in that, John, you know, because I think, you know, first of all, you know, it's starting from this really authentic interaction that you're creating, this authentic experience that you're creating for your students with, you know, creating the music video. Mm-hmm. And then to, you know, like look at this, this other authentic, you know, <laughs> moment that arises from it. Um, and then turn it into this lesson that is, you know, clear and simple, but not simplistic, mm-hmm. I think is just so important. And sometimes that's that's what I wish people outside of education understood about what we do in the classroom, that um, that so much of it uh it's not like things that you can design ahead of time, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah. you couldn't put that on a curriculum, mm-hmm. you know, over the summer and then plan yep. on day 23 that you were going to do this particular lesson. Um, and you yeah. can still, you know, you can still create that, but what you did was you took advantage, you know, of one of those just really authentic moments. So, yeah. And so cool magic of what we do in the classroom is being responsive to what we are seeing yep. in the lives of our children. 
Right. It's the thing that I love the most about our job, just how you cannot predict from, from one day to the next what it is that you're going to need to teach. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down on Saturday and written out the most beautiful lesson plans and Correct. weekly planner. And by Monday morning, nine o'clock, it's all worthless. I can't yeah. use it anymore. Yeah. And that's, again, that's, that's the thing that keeps our job uh, just, I don't know, bringing me back. It's, it's yeah. the magic and the surprise of it all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it takes a lot of resilience. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of resilience to be able to kind of sit in the face of the things that don't work long enough to find the things that do. Yeah. Yeah. Stacy, what about you? Um, okay. So the the lesson that's in my head right now is actually it's a piece of a lesson that's um a multi-a unit, I guess, essentially sure. is what it is. And I'd have to kind of start from the beginning. So I am a non-traditional second career educator. And most of my lived experience has been around um, community building and um, breaking down barriers and specifically racism and um, how how people how people and communities can live together together like not beside each other but actually be integrated you know and so um the lesson that almost every student always talks about is my i call it my isms unit Mm. and the unit in and of itself starts with a a journal um which the students think is just a simple simple journal and it's like um you wake up today and you are suddenly a different gender and a different um, race what are your newfound identities what are your newfound benefits and so the students go on and on about all of this stuff almost every female says that when they suddenly become a male that they can pee you know outside anywhere you know so it's those those type of things right yeah um but the key is that my my journal prompt asked for benefits. And then, um, you know, I, I don't do anything with it in the, um, immediately. We go on and do all of this other stuff. And we learn, we end up learning about everything, all of this. But the, the, the moment that it clicks for them is on this particular day, I am standing outside of my door. I have all of the ugly stuff that the students have written in their journals, which was supposed mm-hmm. to be about benefits, but they're, you know, they're, I just mentioned how they, they think that guys can just, you know, use the bathroom anywhere, but they also typically think that guys don't have to care about their appearance. They don't have, you know, mm-hmm. so it's all of these stereotypes that end up coming up that <sighs> they're not even trying to be mean about that. This is just what they perceive this new identity to be the, the benefits of this new identity. So I have all of this stuff on the board and in addition to that, I am also very, very mean on this particular day. So they come, I'm at the door and my instructions are for them to go into the classroom and have a seat. And I'm not saying, hello, how are you doing? Like, I'm not having any of those conversations. And when they walk in the room, I have also, (laughs) I've also divided the class up. So I have signs that males are the front two rows and females have to sit in the back. Um, Mm. I have 
designated sides for ethnicities. And then I have a section for if you don't identify with any of this, this is where you sit. Right. So that's the first thing that they see. And they're real upset of like, they're like, why, why are you separate? Why do we have to sit here? And I'm not answering questions. I'm saying, read the signs and, and do what the signs say. Yeah. So they, they fall in line, which is the first part that breaks my heart. Right. Because they, they, they do it. Yep. Mm. (laughs) Then my instructions, um, so now they're, they're looking at the board and they see all of this stuff that's written on the board and we have a dialogue about it. But the, the catch is that only people who are in that particular category are able to say anything about what's written there and nobody else can speak about it. After we go through all of that, you know, then we're, we're debriefing and, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to them. And uh, I'm ex- trying to explain to them how disappointed I am that they have just allowed me to to put these confinements, these constraints, all of this stuff on them. Because in the entire 20 years that I've done it, I've had one one student, one student who who would not go with it. And that one student sat in the middle of the floor and he was like, Miss McAdoo, I, I, you know. I respect you, but I'm, I'm not down with none of this. And so I, he, he sat in the middle of the floor, the only student. And so we have this really engaging conversation about why, you know, it, mm-hmm. why, why did you, why did you sit where you sat? Why did you do blah, blah, blah. And almost all of the students are always, and they're always, they're all real sweet and nice, you know, <laughs> and they're like, well, um, we didn't want to get in trouble. Or you, you told us to follow the instructions, you know, and I'm like that. Yes, I mean it. but sometimes you have if you know something in your spirit and your right. in your being is wrong, even if the rules say that you have to do X, Y and Z, you have a moral obligation mm-hmm. to 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 not do it. Right. And they're like, but then, I don't, then we're going to have to deal with the consequences. I said, of course you are. You're going to always have to deal with consequences of whatever choice you make. But if it's something that you believe in, then you just accept the consequences. And, you know, there's Stacey, it's, you know, it just really strikes me. Um, like the very first thing that you said about your lived experience is about community. And there's no way you could do a unit like that, do a lesson like that, do the conversations that clearly are transformative for your students without this deep sense of trust in each other and trust in you. You know, so there's when I hear the story of the lesson, I'm also hearing like this greater story of what you bring to the spaces that you're in, you know. I I agree. And I would also say that I do this this unit early in the school year. If you start day one and you cut out all the fluff and you just get to who we are and you get to the heart of who we are, it doesn't take long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and people know, right? Students and students will tell you adults won't always tell you, even though they know right away, like they know when it's authentic, Mm -hmm. they know when it's genuine and they know when, like when it's doesn't just, it feels like robotic, right? You can Mm -hmm. feel that immediately, that that difference. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing those stories. I love that. I love them. Um, 
I, uh, I was thinking about the other day I was at the gym and I was like not paying attention because I'm kind of ugly at the gym and like really focused on what's exactly in front of me. Um, And pretty soon. And so I'm like walking around and I kind of noticed this person kind of like around me a little bit. And then I kind of, and then I finally look and it's one of my students from like a really long time ago, from like 15 years ago. And she said, Miss Wesling, is that you? I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> and she said, oh my gosh, I just have to tell you. She said, I'm a teacher. And um, I, she told me about her school district. And she said, I just want you to know that when you taught us how to write, I did this huge grant proposal writing um, experience with the students. Um, and she said, I use that all the time. She said, as a teacher, I um, work with my district on writing grants to get materials and, you know, access for our students. And she said, like, I use it all of the time. And, you know, like, those are the moments, right? Like that, um, where you just are like the things that you were doing in the classroom and we don't know if they matter. And sometimes, and I remember, I remember her so vividly being really, really, upset with me while we were doing this project because it was it's a really intense project and it's really hard like I Mm -hmm. really am stretching the students a lot they have a um, a live audience of community members that they have to share their work with and so it's really high stakes and I remember bless her heart having a meltdown um (laughs) and I thought she's gonna hate me for the rest of her life (laughs) but she did she didn't hate me oh Come so now every time I see her at the, at the gym, gym I just like to go give her a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's a teacher. And, yeah. and she you recognizes the benefit of having been pushed herself. Yeah. And so, you know, what I, I I'm hearing from both of you is, you know, you gotta take some risks. You gotta push kids yeah. outside yeah. their comfort zone, but just outside of just their own their own lenses and perspectives to yeah. to really start to see not only all that they can do, but all that's out there and all that's possible for them. I, I love quotes and just listening to the both of you just now made me think of one of my, um, a, a quote, one of my favorite quotes, you grow through what you go through. You mm-hmm. know? And that's exactly why she, she grew and how, when you evolve and you become a better version of yourself, there's no way you could ever hate the person that right. helped helped you become right. who you became. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's so true. That's so true. So you were mentioning um, both risk-taking, John, and growth, mm-hmm. Stacy. And so I'm curious, um, as you've been listening to podcasts or having these conversations um, with teachers, have you been hearing about teachers who are doing things like taking risks in their classrooms um, and creating opportunities for students to grow? Or what have you learned from the conversations you've been having? I'm going to go first because I don't want John to steal anything that I was <laughs> thinking and saying. <laughs> um, I just want to say that after every single interview, every teacher that I talked to, I immediately said, man, I wish I could go back to school and be in their classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was a, a, a very humbling experience um, to be able to have an opportunity to just take a peek inside 
inside their world, their life. And it reminded me, um, it just reminded me of how awesome our educators are and how these individuals as, you know, as many who have not been selected as state teachers of the year, but these people were chosen for a reason and their, their stories like show that like, there's no denying that these are top notch educators. Everybody talked about uh, or shared really engaging, relevant, timely, student-centered approaches to their teaching. And that's what I I took away from all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It's a good thing you went first because I would have totally (laughs) stolen all that from you. (laughs) But I'll tell you, this, uh, this is a special group. These, these 2022 state teachers of the year, you know, they were selected at a time when so many teachers are leaving the classroom. They're the, they're the ones who are not only um, remaining in the classroom, who have not only shown their excellence as teachers, but who have survived and, and helped children survive these crazy times. And we talk about taking risks you know, life right now and for the last couple of years has just felt risky. Even going to the grocery store made my heart race a little bit in the heart of the pandemic. And these, these teachers have, have been delivering instruction and, and using what we would call like best practices to help children survive the worst possible time. And to not only do that, but at the same time, empower these kids, the ones who I've talked to have talked about how they have really centered student voices, student choices, making sure that everything is culturally relevant, that it really connects them to their communities, to their histories. And, and they've done it with grace and style. I've been so blown away by the, the level of innovation they have brought into a time where everything was falling apart. And um, the, the last thing that has really stuck with me is how much they prioritize relationships Mm -hmm. and what you were talking about there, Stacy, even, even with a couple of weeks, you can develop a really powerful relationship. And I'm sure that when your students walked in and you were cold, when you were just saying, "Mm," read the directions, go to your seat, that already would have unnerved them. And put them into this this place of of not being sure what's going on and feeling unsettled. And the 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 person that I usually trust to take care of me in here is all of a sudden not taking care of me. That's a that's a horrible feeling for a young person. That's why only one person has ever stood up and said, "No, I'm not down with this." That's that's that takes an extraordinary human being. And these teachers are extraordinary human beings because even when the world was so unsure they brought a sense of security safety and just a a feeling of importance to the work that they were doing in the classroom we know that everything around us is is feeling unsettled but what you are doing matters because you matter and so let's go ahead and do this in a way that's never been done before yeah just even hearing you talk john it it feels centering to me Mm mm-hmm 
You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Stacy talked about how the the teachers have their students at the center of the instruction, at the center of the lessons. Yeah. But I also hear you saying like they're creating these centering spaces. Right? Yeah. And I don't know if you guys had this experience throughout the pandemic, but but my students, even when we were remote, centered me. It felt like being in the, the eye of a storm. And as long as I was looking at them and just focused on making sure that they were healthy and happy, making sure that they were growing academically as much as possible, that helped me put my feet on the ground in a more solid way, even as it felt like the world was spinning around me. And these educators, these teachers are, are taking, I think this is my, this is just what I'm pulling out of the conversations that we're having, but I feel like they are taking that experience that we've all had and they're using it to push through and make sure that the learning experiences their kids are having are exceptional at the same time that people are trying to pull us back to the way that things were before uh, the pandemic hit. Like they are, even if they're talking about a lesson that they've been doing for years, they are looking at it in a way that tells me that they recognize that the world is different, Mm -hmm. that the post-pandemic schoolhouse is a brand new place and it's time to start doing what we know is right by kids and having that centering experience and just focusing on them so hard, like no teacher has ever focused on their students before has opened all of our eyes as educators in the classroom to what matters most and cutting out the noise and making sure that we are just doing exactly what we know we need to for our kids. We can have a whole nother long conversation, I think, about Mm -hmm. how you actually do that. Yeah. You know, like, how do you actually turn down the volume on all of that noise so that you can be that present with students? Um, Because it's loud. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's loud. Yeah. That's why a lot of people are leaving. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, as you are thinking about the the folks who are listening in, um, what would you like them to think about as they get ready to hear all of these teacher stories and these stories about the lessons that students keep talking about? I'll start with this one. I after having participated in these conversations, thinking about the people who will be listening, I want them to think about the lens that these teachers are using to view their students, their work, and their practices. It's not just about the lesson that they're teaching. It's not about the the nuts and bolts of what they're doing in the classroom. It's about the way that they look at their role and their responsibility as a teacher and, and how critical, no matter what age you teach, no matter what subject you're teaching, how important your work with those kids is and how it will continue to reverberate throughout their lives. Because as they're thinking about a lesson that their students keep talking about, you're hearing teachers talk about the students who come back, who come back and visit like your, your student in the gym. And it's, it's the, the experience of seeing a kid is now an adult remember the thing that you did with them when they were a child and and remember it not just with fondness but with importance and weight yep 
that that only happens when you look at the work you do as important. You look at the kids and getting to know them as important, the relationships you build with them as important. This isn't about something that we do. This is how we view our profession and our relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now I need to come to your class. I know. <laughs> come on down, girl. Anytime. <laughs> One of the things, um, as you were talking about, so my... Um, during my year of recognition, my platform was using passion and poetry to close the opportunity gap. And I, I, my signature poem is a poem called I teach. And the, the theme of it, the, the last line says, I don't teach a subject. I teach a child. And, and that's what I heard you talking about. And that's also what I heard in, in every teacher that we interviewed for the podcast. They, they were able to see their students as people, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what I would like for the listeners to take away, the teachers who are listening to it, is that um, every lesson won't necessarily be that life-altering lesson for every student, but every lesson will resonate with every one of your students at some point in time, time, you know, over time. So you just got to keep improving, um, keep evolving, keep responding, keep paying attention and -hmm. keep centering students so that you can improve whatever that lesson is. Because even like in the example that I I shared earlier of mine, every year it got better. You know, every year I was pulling in, different aspects of whatever was happening and whatever was going on. So just keep, keep doing you and keep embracing um, growth. And what was the word that that John used? Risk. Yeah. Yes. 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 And I think the thing that I want teachers who are listening um, to think about is to withhold comparison. So often, I think when when teachers hear these amazing stories about what's happening in classrooms, um, the last thing I want for teachers to do is to think that they don't have that story, too. You know, because these moments um, are happening And sometimes they happen and we don't know it until years later. Right. And so I just want everybody who's listening to take it in and to maybe use this as a catalyst to think about the greatness of their own learning spaces. Right. And, and not use it as a, not use it to weaponize right against, against maybe what they haven't seen um, in their own classrooms. So that's the thing that I would hope for them as well. Well, I, love it. I, I know without a shadow of a doubt, every listener is going to be able to take something from every, every lesson that is shared yeah. and bring it back to their classroom, tweak it, make it fit them to improve their practice. I've mm-hmm. already been taking notes. Like I, I, I have a lot of things that I'm going to now. <laughs> start doing and implementing it's always a good sign right like the note taking is always a good sign and not only that they're going to be able to just sit back and enjoy and and feel inspired i used to work in a restaurant and the 
I'll go. The chef is like one of my best friends. We go out to dinner together. I'd ask him, is it, does it drive you crazy eating in other people's restaurants? Are you just analyzing the food all the time and trying to figure out what you're going to do in your own kitchen? Such Uh said, hell no. I just, I just enjoy a good meal. Yeah. And that's what each of these conversations is as a teacher. Sometimes you just want to sit back and just say, nice. Nice. That was very satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Stacey and John, it has been an absolute delight um, to be able to have this time with both of you and to share the space with you and to think um, not only about um, the teachers um, that we've interviewed, but really to also think about um, all of the gifts that you bring to all of the learning spaces that you're in. So um, I think all of these teachers are in for a treat. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for letting us be a part of the journey. It's been wonderful. Thank you for listening to the latest series of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. Let's keep the conversation going. Please share these lessons on social media with the hashtag NTOY22. That's hashtag N-T-O-Y-2-2. You can also catch up on the last two seasons on our website at ntoy.ccsso.org. While you're there, you can also learn more about and find ways to support all of our efforts to elevate teacher voice through the National Teacher of the Year program. Until next time.